Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hi, my name is Kate Adams. I'm still relevant in Hollywood if you already know who I am. If not, that means my boyfriend, River, was right. I'm an actress. You may know me for various dramatic movies and TV shows. I'm always either crying, screaming, or dying in them. Kind of like Leonardo DiCaprio. Don't get me wrong, I love my job. But I often wish I could have a more fun and new role. Maybe a romantic comedy, or even a horror one where it got to be the ghost. My boyfriend, River, who also happened to be my manager, disagrees with me. You're never gonna win an Oscar or be respected if you do stupid cheesy rom-coms. Trust me, you're better off doing as I say. He had a point, but I still wondered what it would be like to choose my roles. At the same time, I couldn't argue with River because I would still be a nobody if it wasn't for him. He had taken me under his wing when I arrived in Hollywood, so I owed him my career. I followed whatever he told me to do, listened to his every request, and even gave him more than half of my earnings. As long as everyone knew my name, I would have sold even my soul to him. However, like all stars, my light starts to dim eventually. You're starting to become irrelevant, Kate. You're not as young as Christy anymore. I think you should consider plastic surgery. For context, Christy is my best friend and fellow actress. Though she's only five years younger than me, she's been by my side since I got my first role. Christy was also severely underrated, in my opinion. She's always had minor roles, so I was glad she finally got a big break and was cast for the lead role in a drama film. However, after finishing up all the promotions for her latest film, something changed in her. She responded to my texts less and less, started hanging out with other actresses and actors, and even changed her style. She used to wear simple but cute casual clothes. Now, because she had more money, she started buying outrageous designer brands. At the same time, I also started noticing how River became more distant. He would cancel weekly date plans and only contacted me when it was about work. And whenever I was with him, he'd always be on his phone typing away. I finally uncovered the truth about these strange behaviors one day when I decided to surprise River with an impromptu date. I was standing outside the door of his massive penthouse apartment, holding two boxes of takeout and giddy with excitement, when my whole world came crashing down. River, babe, did you order take- Instead of my beloved boyfriend and manager, my best friend stood before me, obviously fresh from the shower and wearing said boyfriend's shirt. I was frozen in shock. Not believing what my eyes told me. How could River and Christy betray me like this? Suddenly, River appeared by the door, surprised by my unexpected arrival. How dare you? 
After all I did for you, I followed your every order and even gave you more than a fair share of your commission. And you cheat on me with my best friend? Kate, honey, it's not what it looks like. We are over. You hear me? Don't you dare talk to me or come near me ever again. River's eye widened, and he gestured for me to calm down. Our contract clearly states that if you break up with me personally, you're also breaking up with me professionally. I suddenly remember that stupid stipulation and cursed myself for being so naive. I signed it years ago when I was both head over heels for River and desperate to become famous. I didn't think I would be stupid enough to try and break up with River, so I agreed. If I break up with him, I will lose both a boyfriend and a manager. Looking at the slight smirk Christy started to have, I was able to make my decision then and there. I don't care. You can take that stupid contract and eat it for all I care. And you. I turned to face Christy, refusing to let the tears fall from my face. To my utter horror, she doesn't seem faced one bit, as if she was alright with being caught. The same goes for you. How could you do this to me when all I've done is support you in the past? Support me? You never supported me. All you've done is steal all the roles that should have been mine. I was constantly kept in the dark because of you. Well, now that's over. I'm not gonna live in your shadow anymore. And while I'm at it, I'm gonna take back everything you took from me, starting with your boyfriend. I couldn't believe her. It was evident that she was the one who was stealing. Angry, I threw the takeout boxes to their faces and left the building. Though I was aware that there would be consequences to breaking a legal contract, I thought everything would be fine. Yes, I was heartbroken, but I also finally felt free. That feeling didn't last, however, when I kept getting rejection after rejection emails from all the casting directors who had offered me a job in the first place. It didn't make any sense, especially when these were people I had worked with before on other films. They always accepted my audition tapes or offered me a supporting role in the movie. I'm sorry, Kate, but our producers didn't think you would be a good fit for this role anymore. They already gave it to someone else. Who? Christy Carter. Aren't you two best friends? After getting rejected from the 10th movie, something that's never happened to me before, I finally figured out that it had something to do with River, especially if it was Christy who kept replacing me in all of them. So I stormed into the production company where River worked the next day, determined to get to the bottom of things. I eventually found him sitting in a board meeting, not caring that other people were around. Why do I keep getting rejected, huh, River? Do you have anything to do about this? He looked startled at first, but his expression became more condescending. It's not my fault if no one wants you anymore, Kate. You're practically a has-been now. You obviously had something to do with it. You know what? You're right. Aren't you embarrassed, Kate, that everything I ever did always affects you? It's because you can't even decide for yourself. You wouldn't be where you are now if it weren't for me. So maybe instead of getting pissed at me for your career going downhill, you should thank me for helping you get this far. Needless to say, I was speechless. As much as I wanted to argue with him, I couldn't. Because what he said was all true. It also didn't help how many people, from producers to directors, were now staring at us. I felt like a fool. Even if River was behind all the current rejections I was facing, it only meant that my career depended on him, and not on me. Before tears could spill from my eyes, I ran out of the room, wondering if I would ever recover from the embarrassment. Since there was practically nothing left for me in Hollywood, I packed my bags and booked a one-way ticket to the Philippines. I heard how beautiful and relaxing the islands were, so why not go there to get away? Surely enough, 
The islands were the most magnificent scenery I've ever seen. People there didn't expect me to act or dress a certain way and were genuinely interested in what I had to say. It was heaven. A few weeks into my vacation, I met Evan. He was a writer and had been working on finding inspiration again for his next project. We shared many of the same sentiments and he asked me for my opinions on his work. At the same time, he also advised me on the roadblock I was facing and made me realize how much I missed acting and doing something creative. Along with the beautiful, picturesque scenery we saw every day, life was just about perfect. However, the time came when he eventually had to leave. Kate, I spent so many amazing months with you, and you really inspired me again. I felt lost, but somehow you led me back in the right direction. Which is why before I go... I wanted to let you know that I'm not just a writer. I'm a screenwriter and want you to star in the movie I'm writing. I was shocked. I didn't think his job was a little too close to home. But I agreed because he asked. And I felt like I was ready to step back into the light. Also, would you do me the honor of being my girlfriend? I kissed him after that and that sealed the deal. It wasn't that hard to fall in love with Evan. He was incredibly kind and handsome. He wasn't anything like River at all. A few months later, I was back in the building of the production company I used to work for, on my way to talk to Evan and the CEO about the new film I was cast in. I suddenly saw River and Christy together in the lobby. Christy looked so angry, and River looked annoyed. I can't believe they gave the lead role to someone else! You told me I had it! Don't you know that was the role of a lifetime? Babe, I swear I talked to them a few months ago, and they agreed that you could have it. But then they changed their minds without even telling me. They already signed the contract and everything. Besides, the movie's a romantic comedy anyway, so no one's gonna take it seriously. That's not the point. You had one job, River. How am I supposed to win an Oscar and beat Kate when you slack off like this? They finally see me after a few seconds, surprised expressions on both their faces. Well, well, look who it is. Have you finally come back for round two, Kate? I didn't even think you would come back. Where have you been all this time? Did you run back to your parents' house or something? I wouldn't be surprised, considering how you don't even have a career anymore. Did you come back to beg to become an extra? I smiled at her. I would have fought her then and there, but I knew better now. It looks like you didn't get cast in a role yourself, Christy. Anyway, great seeing you guys. Enjoy each other's awful company. It wasn't long before I saw the two of them again. Evan told me there would be a table reading for the movie script, and all the cast members had to be there, along with a bunch of other staff. Well, what are you doing here? Are you a secretary now or something, Kate? If that's the case, I want a large cappuccino with oat milk. Okay, guys, please take your seats. Kate, as the lead role, I need you to start off the scene. Christy, since you're a supporting actor, we won't require you until later. Christy's mouth fell open, and she looked back and forth between the casting director and me in shock. She was embarrassed and angry, but didn't want to get on the director's wrong side. However, that didn't stop her from going on social media and attempting to trash me for stealing her role. She sent me tweets and spread false information about me. Many people eventually caught on, but instead of siding with her, they started investigating and found that she had betrayed me by cheating with River. Soon enough, many angry posts were directed at her for being a homewrecker and running my relationship. Kate, you have to tell the paparazzi that I didn't betray you. River was the one at fault. He's the one who asked me out. Sorry, Christy, but I don't take orders from lying backstabbers like you. 
I did the opposite of what she asked me to do and confirmed everyone's suspicions on my social media. Eventually, the director of our movie started to find out about all the drama and he fired Christy on the spot for bringing negative press to the film. And because River's name was also attached to the drama, no one wanted to work with him anymore. The film succeeded and I was nominated for yet another Oscar. Finally feeling free, I showed up on the red carpet in an outrageous jungle-themed outfit no one had ever seen before with Evan on my arm. The paparazzi had a field day, saying I was reborn and ready to start a new chapter in my career. When it was River and Christie's turn to walk the carpet, no one even came up to them to ask questions. I felt like the luckiest girl in the world, especially when they announced the winner for Best Actress in front of the two people who had done me wrong. Evan kissed me before I walked up, and I gave a heartfelt speech that made everyone emotional by the night's end. I started to get more and more roles offered to me after that, especially from Evan, who also won an Oscar for Best Screenplay and was continuously sought out as a writer. Because of the cheating scandal, Christy and River's careers never recovered, and I never heard from them again. After a year of dating, Evan got down on one knee and proposed to me in front of the Hollywood sign. We kissed, and I felt like the luckiest girl in the world. I'll definitely have to thank those two for helping me get to where I was today. Follow us on Instagram, link in bio. Hi, my name is Agatha, and I want to tell you the story of how my father tried to get me into the military academy. But before I start, please subscribe to the channel and like my videos. It all started on that day, when Rob and I were playing Mario Kart at my house. As it always happens, we completely forgot about time. What time is it? I asked worriedly. Two o'clock, why? Oh crap, you have to go now. We had, by my count, about 10 minutes. Unless, of course, Dad decided to stop at the store to get his favorite muffins. Before we could get our heads together, we heard the front door creak. Honey, I'm home. There was a look of horror on my face. Rob didn't understand anything and was about to say something, but I put my index finger to his lips. Hey! I yelled back at my dad. You're early today! I heard him turn on the TV. I whispered, Leave, but be quiet. What happened? Rob also asked in a whisper, My dad hates all my boyfriends. He's also a retired officer and has guns. The kid got worried. All your boyfriends? How many of them did you have? If you're so interested, not many. You'd better worry about my dad not making a sieve out of you. He's got a real temper. Okay. Rob reluctantly agreed. I left the room and quickly made my way down the stairs. I walked up to my dad and put my arm around his shoulders. How was school? He asked, not looking away from the screen. Rob, meanwhile, was still upstairs. What an idiot! To give the boy a sign, I said loudly, Okay, just hope someone comes downstairs. What? Dad turned around and stared at me like I was crazy. I mean, the exams. I should study more. Oh, that's right. I turned my head and saw Rob walking slowly down the stairs. Can you go any slower? I thought to myself. My father was about to turn to me, but I exclaimed in time. What a kick! Nothing special. They're playing like a bunch of monkeys today. There was a rumbling sound behind me. Rob stumbled and tumbled down the stairs. I screamed. My father jumped up from his chair and quickly grabbed the bat that was always in the corner of the room. 
That's when Rob got really scared and realized he had to get out of the room as quickly as possible. He jumped up from the floor and ran out of the house. Dad rushed after him. Stop, you miserable thief! I, not wanting to be the reason Rob ends up in the hospital, yelled out to my father. Wait, he's not a thief! It's Rob! Dad stopped and looked at me. Even though he was silent, I knew exactly what he was thinking. That night, I got to hear it all. I told you not to bring guys here. In fact, you're not allowed to have a boyfriend. They stick to you like flies. It's not good. And all that kind of stuff. Then Dad added, If I ever see you with a boy again, I'll send you to military school. What? I was really surprised, to put it mildly. Yeah, you're a loose cannon. You need discipline. And I think I've been too easy on you. But that's ridiculous. Mom wouldn't let that happen. You leave your mother out of this. Dad went back to the TV. I slammed the door and hid in my room. That's just great. I complained loudly. Now I feel like I'm in prison. I needed someone to talk to right away. So I texted Sam. SOS, help me out. A minute later, I got a reply. What's up? I'm on a date. That's amazing, I exclaimed. There are dates and boys all around me, and I need to stay away from it. It was real torture. The next day at school, I grabbed Sam's hand and took her to the bathroom. Ow, that hurt. My friend was angry, but she obediently followed me. When we went to the bathroom, I checked to see if anyone was in there. It was empty. Then I said, Actually, I needed your help yesterday. I wanted to respond, but Kevin... I don't want to hear anything. My life is a nightmare. What's wrong? Nothing, except that yesterday, my dad almost beat Rob with a bat. He also told me not to go out with boys or he'll send me to the military academy. Wow. Yeah, that's right. I can't give up boys, but I'm not much of a soldier either. They'll cut my hair off. I can't handle that. What are you going to do? Actually, I wanted to ask you. I needed some good advice. Sam thought for a few minutes, and then she exclaimed, Bingo! I've got it! Sam's plan was pretty simple. I needed to bring back my musical past. I used to play the piano, and now I need to pretend to give lessons. Instead, I would be able to go on dates, without causing much suspicion from my father. Not bad, except I'm not that good at piano. You don't have to play. Just say you were asked to help. My father fell for my story when I told him about my plans. It's a good idea, he said in his usual mentor voice. Maybe you should keep practicing because you quit so abruptly and you might make a little extra money. It's a start. I was very happy. Now it was necessary to make a schedule and assign a specific time to each guy. Adam would take Wednesday after four. That's about the time he gets off practice. And we could go to the movies. I scheduled Andrew for Friday, 5 o'clock. He promised to take me bowling. And even though I couldn't play, it should be fun. That leaves Liam. I saved Sunday for him. My only day off. We don't do anything special with Liam. Just hang around town or sit in front of a store and make up funny nicknames for people. Usually the lesson lasted an hour, but I told my dad that I managed to get the slowest students together. And they needed more time so I could stay for like three hours. I mean, have you ever seen a movie that lasts an hour? And then there's travel time and hugging. 
I'd have to multitask. Now it's time to tell you how it was put into practice and what happened in the end. On Wednesday, I prepared in advance. I gathered all my old music notebooks and came up with a cover-up story. What do you have today? My father asked me as I came down the stairs, carrying my music books under my arm and trying to cram them into my backpack as I passed him. There's a girl from China. They just arrived, and her mother wants her to take some music lessons. Hmm, well, good luck with that. I kissed my dad on the forehead and went over to Kim's. I mean, to Adam. We were supposed to meet at the box office in the movie theater. I had to carry my backpack everywhere, but it wasn't such a high price to pay for trying to somehow avoid military school and another fight with my dad. The no dating option seemed absurd to me, and I didn't even consider it. We only live once, you know. I was a little late. Adam muttered something to himself, but I safely ignored his frustration. A respectable girl is never on time. Who told you that? I read it somewhere. The movie was lousy. Adam kept trying to make jokes, and he wasn't very good at it. We kept getting shushed and we were asked to behave. About halfway through the movie, I said I had to go out for a minute. Okay, Adam said. I walked out of the theater and went home. The next day, Sam asked, How was it? It could have been worse. We could have been forced out of there. Okay, first time didn't go very well. On Friday, Andrew and I went bowling. Of course, to my father, Andrew wasn't Andrew. And Pauline was another lost soul who wanted to learn how to play Mozart and Beethoven. Bowling turned out to be even worse than the movies. I couldn't do it at all, which made me angry. And Andrew kept saying, I don't understand. It's so easy. You pick it up and drop it. He decided to show me how to do it and got a strike. See, it's easy. Well, if that's the case, we're not going to make it. I hate bowling in general. It's an old man's game. I took my backpack and ran. I was getting desperate. There was still Liam, but he and I were more like friends. All our communication was limited to trolling random passersby. But on Saturday, the day before we were supposed to meet, the guy texted, I have an idea. It's a surprise. I was in anticipation of either a grandiose disaster or something really interesting. Turns out, Liam had bought two tickets to the Dolphinarium. I didn't know we had such a place. I was surprised. Yeah, we have a lot of interesting places in town. The show was amazing. The dolphins did all kinds of tricks. Jumped through hoops, juggled balls. It was much more interesting than that dull drama that Adam took me to. And bowling? Andrew's stupid initiative. I didn't notice how or when, but Liam took my hand. I looked at him and blushed slightly. That day confirmed one fundamental truth. Sooner or later, quantity converts to quality. All I had to do was survive two disappointing dates. But even now, we couldn't resist and began to observe people in the crowd and make up amusing stories about them. Look, I pointed to a man in tight white pants with lush hair. Former jockey. Yeah, got hurt when he fell off a horse. Lives with his mother now and goes shopping in his old minivan. That was a good one, so it was Liam's turn. Over there, see? He's like, he's got a menacing face, like he's ready to pounce. And that's when I saw my father. He was looking right at us, and he didn't look happy. It's time to get out of here. On the way, I explained to Liam what happened. Weird, he summed up. Yeah, 
I'm afraid to imagine what's waiting for me at home. But I couldn't figure it out, what my father was doing at the Dolphinarium. I expected anything, shouting, accusations of lies, threats. But when I entered the house, my father didn't say a word. The next day, he calmly announced that he had submitted my papers to military school. My worst nightmare was coming true. No amount of tears or persuasion had any effect on dad. I locked myself in my room and didn't want to leave. Suddenly, out of the blue, someone came to the rescue. Liam texted me, Look, I think I have a solution to your problem. I sneaked out of the house and went to the place Liam had picked. He, without any greeting, said, It's a strange coincidence. I never told you about my father, but he's the director of the military school, the one where your dad wants to send you. A glimmer of hope. I spoke to him and he said he would help you. How? I don't know, but don't worry. My father will think of something. A week later, a letter came from the academy, and much to my delight, I got a rejection. My father was shocked. He even wanted to fight with the management. But after a while, he cooled off. I told him more about Liam, I explained that it wasn't a fling, and my dad decided he'd give us a chance. So I didn't get into the military academy. That's a good thing. I would have been the worst student in the history of the institution. Have you ever been able to get out of a bad situation? Tell me about it in the comments. You all know I adore that silly girl. I patted Whitney's cheek, and she jokingly poked me on the side. We adore you too, our dear subscribers, added Whitney. See you again soon. Ciao. I sent an air kiss to the camera, and we finished the broadcast. Get your hands off me, goat. I hissed angrily and pushed Whitney away. Don't touch me, you fool. She waved her fist at me. I hope this is our last broadcast. I can't stand you any longer. It's mutual, Trisha. Whitney finally left, and I was able to exhale in peace. Hi, my name is Trisha, and I have to pretend to be friends with my nemesis for the sake of the hype. Whitney and I were never friends, and we've disliked each other since primary school. This upstart pissed me off so much that we were literally fighting every day. You won't believe it, but at one point, our parents even stopped being called to the principal's office because everyone is fed up with our feud. When we moved to high school, the feud only intensified. The first love and attention only fueled our hatred. As it happens, we were the prettiest girls in school and I had to make all sorts of shenanigans with Whitney to hold on to the lead. I messed up her hair and clothes, set her up in front of the cool guys, and tried to turn her studies into a nightmare. But Whitney was a tough nut to crack. One Valentine's Day, she did me so bad that I've been cleaning up the aftermath for a year. Whitney sent all the nerds Valentine's cards on my behalf, signed in my handwriting and with a print of red lipstick. She even spritzed the valentines with the same perfume as mine. She wrote that I was ready to go on a date with each of the nerds. After all, they are worthy of attention despite their lame appearance and an irresistible craving for video games and anime. The whole pimple army just flooded me with messages and they even started hitting on me at school. In the end, the cool guy started laughing at me and the stubborn nerds waited for their moment of stardom. I even had to close my social media pages. 
and that is a big blow to my ratings. After that, I ordered myself a huge pillow with Whitney's face on it. And every day, I'd hit it as hard as I could, taking out all my anger. But worst of all, it started when I transferred to another school. Or rather not just me, but that upstart Whitney. I was ready to spit venom. There she was again. However, the children at the new school thought first that we were just friends in a fight. And word spread around the school about cool girls like us. We can take down a couple of local school queens and take the crown away from them. These words made our sense of self-importance break through the ceiling. And we decided that we could certainly use that kind of popularity. Meeting at the best pizzeria, Whitney and I have decided to sign a temporary truce. I'm willing to put up with you for that. I'm 70% fame, you're 30, Whitney declared. What? I'm 80 and you're 20. I got angry. Sure, chicken. You're the chicken. I took the juice and threw it in her face. We got into a fight and tore down the nearest tables. And so it was up to me and Whitney, blazing with anger, to wash all the dishes in the cafe to pay the fine, as we didn't have enough money. One way or another, we came to a common decision. And the next day, two classmates, Whitney and Trisha, showed up at school. The boys ran after us like puppies, but the girls didn't like it. Naturally, conspiracies began to form against us, but hardened fighters like us coped with these attacks together. Courtney and Suzanne, the local queens of the school, they didn't want to give us the upper hand, and I had a plan to stomp on them. Whitney, remember your Valentine's Day stunt? Of course I remember. It's the best surgery I've ever had. I made you a real sucker. Whitney laughed quite a bit. I couldn't stand it and we had a fight, breaking each other's nails and messing up each other's hair. However, we implemented our plan with Valentine's. Whitney did everything like a true master framer. And so Courtney and Suzanne are being chased by a mob of nerds. And the other guys laughed dismissively at them. We won, but to stop there would have been foolish. And so our shared blog on all social media was born. We've won the hearts of thousands of viewers. But behind the scenes, we were ready to eat each other up every day. Donations, likes, fame, and dates with cool guys were the best reward for patients. But then something happened that I didn't even expect from Whitney. On another broadcast, she suddenly offered her subscribers a poll. Who is the coolest girl between the two of us after all? I, of course, wanted to finish the broadcast quickly. But the audience liked the idea. Voting began to gain momentum. Whitney was suddenly winning by a huge margin. I couldn't believe my eyes. Oh, thank you, my darlings, said Whitney in a sweet voice. Thank you. But I don't think it's fair to poor Trisha. You know what? I give the title of the coolest girl to her. Whitney ostentatiously put the crown on me and jumped with joy. I was shocked and I didn't know what to say. When the broadcast ended, I even decided to thank Whitney. I didn't expect that from you. Thank you, Whitney. I lowered my gaze modestly. I think we should stop feuding, Trisha. We are a great team. We hugged and I felt a strange lightness. When I got home, I even threw away the battering cushion with Whitney's face on it. The truce has even cheered me up. I didn't notice how the boys started to treat us. Whitney was basking in the glory, and all I got was condescending and pitiful smiles and compliments. 
It was only then that it dawned on me. Whitney made a poor lamb out of me. She, like a kind fairy, gave me the crown, encouraged everyone to spoil me with likes and comments, and she was gaining popularity herself. You hear that, fairy godmother? I'm going to rip your hair out. I pounced on Whitney right before the shoot. It's taking you a long time, Trisha, grinned the cheeky girl. Poor thing, I'm only trying to shelter you in my shadow from trouble. I'm going to rip your hair out. We started fighting again. I made such a mess of Whitney that she was sure she wasn't going to live. But Whitney showed herself confidently on camera. Suddenly, she started telling everyone that she was just sick. But she came to the broadcast for me. For me! And she began to bask in the glory rays again. But I got a lot of disapproving comments. That same day, I bought a new pillow with Whitney's picture on it. Only this time in full size and beat her until she ran out of strength. Oh, how she pisses me off! This broadcast is where my story began, and it will end with my victory, rest assured. At another meeting with subscribers, I decided that the poor lamb would be Whitney and slipped a laxative into her milkshake. Oh, there was no face on Whitney, and I groomed her in every way possible. At the same time, talking to everyone else and hanging out. Trisha, we think we better get together another time. Subscribers gathered around Whitney. Yes, Whitney's not feeling well. She needs to rest. Come on, let's party. I jumped up on a chair and started dancing. The truth is that it only made everyone angry. And then Whitney turned to the others with a faint smile. Guys, let Trisha have some fun. She really needs it now. Don't worry about me. And she collapsed. I went from being a poor lamb to a disgusting toad. Enough! That's enough! I shouted. Listen, we're not friends. We've hated each other since we were kids. I hate Whitney, and she hates me. We fight and quarrel all the time. Come on, Whitney, tell them the truth. Oh, you poor thing. Whitney came up to me. Trisha, if you want, I'll give you our blog. Don't hurt my heart with words like that. Whitney squeezed out a tear. After that, I was almost thrown out of the party right into the street. I had to block all my social media again because I've been inundated with angry messages. And at school, I even had to eat lunch in the backyard next to the most accomplished losers. But the wrangling with Whitney has stopped. It was as if we no longer existed for each other. Whitney continued to blog alone, and I concentrated on my studies, because college is only a month away. My whole life has turned gray. I had money, and no matter what, the guys were still chasing me. But something very important is missing, without which every day was dreary and monotonous. I noticed that Whitney, too, despite her fame, is not glowing with happiness. We were just passing through, and for a month, we haven't even said a word to each other. So I wanted to hear something from her, even if it was just another insult. I denied with all my might that I missed Whitney. We've been feuding for so long that I realized with horror that she was the closest human I had. I got a boyfriend, but even he couldn't fill that void. The night before graduation, I felt so sad that I stopped hitting the pillow with Whitney's face and hugged it. It's not hard to guess that I was the outsider at the prom. 
Even my boyfriend was scared to be around me, and he ended up just leaving me alone to dance. At one point, a huge piñata with my picture on it was dragged onto the dance floor, and they started beating her with bats to get the sweets. And I was breathless with resentment. That's enough! Are you animals? Whitney came out to them. She deserved it! shouted someone from the crowd. I was sure it was another one of Whitney's plans and just watched it all holding back tears. In the end, I couldn't stand it and decided to leave the prom. And I've been dreaming of it for so long. This part of the hall was very dark and I thought it was a great chance to slip away. But then someone sat down next to me and sighed heavily. I didn't think prom was gonna suck so badly. Was Whitney's voice. Are you serious? Gloating? I snapped. But in my heart, I was glad she came to me. No, this has gone too far, Trisha. I didn't want it to. There was silence, but we stayed seated next to each other. Why don't we go and sit down at our favorite pizza place? She suddenly asked. Are you trying to poison me? You've got lots of friends here. Hang out with them. Friends? Whitney grinned. I thought long and hard about friendship. And you know what I realized? Because of our feud, I've never had a friend closer than you. I know the feeling. I grinned too. And we suddenly <laughs> laughed. Whitney and I left the evening without saying anything to anyone. Most of the night, we ate pizza and chatted. It turns out, we knew everything about each other. Our interests, favorite music, soap operas, and food. We used to use it as a weapon, and now it has become a topic of our friendly conversation. Naturally, we applied to the best college in the state and ended up studying there together. It's hard to believe, but we become such close friends that I began to think of Whitney as my sister. This story ended with a very important discovery for me. Sometimes teenage feuds are just a thirst for attention, and your enemy may be your closest friend. Because in fact, your interests and views are very similar. Have you ever had a situation where your enemy has become a loyal friend or even a loved one? Write your stories in the comments. It'll be very interesting. And don't forget to subscribe to the channel, like, and share this video with your friends. My name's Grace, and I'm facing a hard choice. Money or love. After all, my crush promised to marry me if I got rid of my millions. But before I continue my story, please like this video and subscribe to the channel. I grew up in a wealthy family. My parents tried to never deny me anything since I'm their only child. So I have no idea how to live without money. Money solves everything. If you want a vacation, buy yourself a trip to the islands. If you're seriously ill, buy yourself some expensive medicine. However, not everyone shares my opinion. Unfortunately, my crush Nasfi was one of those people. I fell in love with him a year ago, and he reciprocated. And even though Nasfi wasn't very nice to reach people, he was crazy about me. And he wasn't uncomfortable by my millions. At least, that's what I thought up to a certain point. Grace, you and I have been together for a year now, and I want to ask you to be my wife. Yes! I screamed before he could finish. Wait, I have one small condition. He took my hands. And what's that? I want you to give up your millions. What? I shrieked, and I swung my hand sharply in shock. I accidentally dropped a burning candle on the table, and the tablecloth, of course, burst into flames. And there was a fire in the restaurant. People ran out into the streets in panic. 
And I panicked and wondered what to do. To choose money and spend my life in luxury or choose a lover and live my life in love, old clothes, and in a box on the street like a cat family. Uh-huh, Grace. Nasfi told me, money's evil. Money is opportunity and happiness. Without it, there's no life. You're wrong, and I'll prove it to you if you agree to be my wife. Either the disgusting smell of smell had that effect on me, or it was just love that blew my head off. But I agreed to marry Nasfi and give up my favorite green bills. That smells so good and rustle in my hands. My parents were shocked when they learned of my decision, but they didn't mind because they liked Nasfi and they respected my every wish. I left the mansion with tears in my eyes and found myself in Nasfi's old one-room apartment. Is there only one bathroom? I asked in shock. Well, yes. Is that really a problem for you? Of course it's a problem for me. Do I have to wait for him to shower every morning? I leave my personal belongings in the same drawer as his. What a nightmare. But I told Nasfi I'd get used to it. I thought the bathroom would be the only inconvenience in my new life. But I was wrong. Can you believe I had to cook for myself? I also had to clean up while Nasfi was at work. Even though I was in college during the day, my husband thought a woman should keep the house in order. I wasn't used to that. I used to have a maid do everything for me. And why should I do anything around the house all by myself? So I wanted to tell Nasfi I wasn't happy. But he came from work with a big bouquet of white roses. And he hugged me. And he told me I'd make a wonderful wife. His words made me melt. But the very next day, I was snow white again. Because I couldn't figure out the washing machine. First of all, I couldn't get it to work the first time. Second of all, I put too much detergent in. And the whole bathroom was full of bubbles. Third, I threw a red stock into the white laundry. I think you can see by now that... It was a disaster. I freaked out. I sat down on the floor in the foam and cried out of helplessness. I hate this life. Without money, it sucked. Grace, what's wrong? When Nasfi came home from work and saw me, he ran right over and gave me a hug. I can't live like this anymore. I can't do anything. All oh, my white clothes have turned pink. You'll learn everything, honey. The guy stroked my hand and I pushed him away from me. I'm not going to learn. I don't want to be your servant. If I'm going to live my whole life under these conditions, I choose money over marriage to you. I see. You're just like everyone else. Nasfi said grudgingly. I'm disappointed in you. I don't give a damn. The main thing is, I'll never stand at the stove again. I'll never do your laundry again. But as soon as I got back to the mansion, to my parents, and they shocked me with terrible news, my father had gone bankrupt. His company was in serious trouble. Not only were we left without millions, but our family was also heavily in debt. We sold the mansion, a collection of cars, and my mother and I's jewelry. It was enough to buy a small apartment on the outskirts of town, which was no better than Nasfi's apartment. In the end, I had to do what I did when I lived with Nasfi. Only, I had to teach it to my mother, but she wasn't a very good student. Dinner kept burning, and the iron burned through our clothes. My dad wasn't happy, and he and my mother fought all the time. All I had to do was cry quietly because I'd lost everything. Money and love. So one night, I decided to write to Nasfi and apologize to him for my behavior. But 
He didn't answer my messages. And then I saw a picture of him with another girl on social media. What the hell is that? I squeezed my phone so hard that my hand cramped. My anger was so intense. I thought I was going to burn the apartment down. But instead, I tried to find out who this girl was. I looked at her social networking page and realized she was an angel from a simple family. She's a charity worker studying to be a doctor. A real nasty ideal. Not like me. Honestly, at first, I wanted to just let it go. But I couldn't because the anger was tearing me apart. Nasfi was so quick to find a replacement for me, so he didn't love me that much. With that thought, I went to his house, and when the guy opened the door, I slapped him right in the face. Grace, are you crazy? He touched his cheek. How could you, Nasfi? I thought you loved me, but as soon as I left, you found a replacement. You left me on your own. You chose money. So what? That doesn't mean I stopped loving you. Actually, I regretted my decision right away, but I realized that money really wasn't the most important thing in life. I didn't want to tell him that my family was poor, that I wanted to move out of my parents' house so I wouldn't have to be their personal maid. Really? Nasfi was surprised, and he smiled. Well, of course. I made a pretty face, and Nasfi hugged me tight. This was the picture his new girlfriend saw. She slapped him in the face for the second time that day. I wanted to jump on her with my fists, but Nasfi stopped me and told me he'd be happy to marry me. Then why'd you start seeing someone else? I don't know. Probably to piss you off, Grace. You're such a jerk! <laughs> I laughed, and I patted his hair. I moved away from my parents again. Mom even burst into tears, because now all the housework was her responsibility. Nasfi and I started a new life. He even started helping me with my chores, even though he was tired after work. I guess I was happy, although to be honest, only my millions could really make me happy. But one day, I saw Nasfi talking to this girl he used to date. He handed her something, and then he hugged her. I didn't understand the situation. I ran up to the couple and pushed the girl into a puddle, and then I slapped Nasfi in the face. The guy somehow calmed me down, and then he helped the girl up. But I put her right back where she belonged, angry that my young man was trying to help her. Grace, you got it all wrong, said Nasfi. He explained that he'd given the girl her things that she'd left in his apartment. And he hugged her, because his ex-girlfriend was having a hard time with the breakup. I almost calmed down, but then my mom came over. As luck would have it, she was walking by with a bag full of groceries. Grace, my daughter! Mom threw the bags on the ground, and then she hugged me. Please come home, I'm so tired. Did something happen? Nasfi asked. Didn't Grace tell you? Our family's broke. We're not rich anymore. I have to do everything myself. Grace used to help me, but she moved back in with you so she wouldn't have to live in the same apartment with us anymore. Nasfi was shocked when he heard that. I could see the disappointment on his face because he knew I'd lied to him. So you didn't give up the money. You just ran away from your parents. No, not exactly. Nasfi, I love you. I shouted desperately. I don't want to know anything else. He laughed, and his ex pushed me into a puddle in anger. Honestly, I didn't even want to get up, because I'd lost someone I loved, who will not take me. I helped my mother carry the bags to the apartment. There was a happy father waiting for us. He told me that his business was going well. All his millions were back, and now we could buy a new mansion and live in luxury again. 
But I couldn't be happy. Because for the first time, I realized that money wasn't my first priority anymore. Without Nasfi, it didn't make me happy at all. Even a holiday on the islands didn't take my mind off my grief. I tried to call in right to the guy, but he blocked me everywhere. That's how he caught me out of his life. I didn't know anything about Nasfi for six months until a mutual friend told me he was in the hospital. My ex was riding his bike to school and he got hit by a car. Nasfi was pretty badly injured. I rushed to the hospital right away, but they wouldn't let me in the room because I wasn't related to the guy. But we met anyway, when after a while, Nasfi came out of the room with difficulty. Nasfi, hello, I shouted, and I waved my hand. He was shocked to see me, but he smiled anyway. We sat down in the hall, and I started an uncontrollable flow of speech. I apologized to the guy, then I told him I was miserable without him. Then I cried and admitted that he was right about the money. And I'm sorry, Grace. I was too hard on you. I didn't think it would be hard for you to change your life like that. Nasfi took my hand and I cried again. But this time, I was happy. Our relationship was getting better. My father bought us a nice apartment with two bathrooms and I tried not to ask my parents for money anymore because I wanted to do everything with Nasfi. He was happy that we got back together again, because all these six months, he couldn't get me out of his mind and heart. That's how I realized that money solves a lot of things, but not everything. The most important thing to have is a loving and caring person by your side. Would you give up millions for love? Write your answers in the comments. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.